You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Welcome in, listeners. I'm Ashley, the host of Yoga Magic. I'm so happy you're here. New friends, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Longtime listeners, you're the best, always. If you're listening to this show, I imagine that you're relatively spiritually conscious or curious at this point, or maybe just like yoga, and that's how you got here. It's all good. We talk about all things self-care and self-discovery on this show, and today we have a fan favorite fan favorite guest back, Meredith McCowan of Earthling Astrology. I work with Meredith a lot, so you've likely heard me talking about her before. But if you want to go back and listen to her first episode on Yoga Magic, it's episode 37, where we talk about using astrology to cultivate your intuition. It's a, it's a must listen. So if you're new to astrology, I wanted to give you a super quick basics overview before we get into the meat, because we do talk a little bit about more advanced astrology today. So first, if you want to look up your birth chart, you want to see what was happening in the sky when you were born, you want to know who you are through the lens of astrology, you can get your chart a lot of different ways. You can get it for free online um, at websites like cafeastrology.com or my favorite, which is channynicholas.com. She's an astrologer. You can also get astrology apps like CoStar or Sanctuary. Once you know your chart, you just be a little bit more versed in a lot of the planets, but also, I mean, really just the big three is a great place to start. So your sun, your sun sign is the sign that you most commonly think of as your sign. And this is your essence. This is your identity. This is where you shine the brightest. But remember, this is only one piece of your chart. There's so much more happening. And that's why, you know, it's important, but it's not everything. Secondly, your moon, your moon is your subconscious mind. So it's what's happening behind the curtain in your dream world, in your meditations. It's your emotional well-being. And then finally, your rising sign is the way you interact with the world. So it's what people interpret you as. It's the mask you wear. Those are the big three. Give you the flavor of who you are within astrology. We talk planets today and and Meredith does a good job of talking about what those mean. Um, We talk transits and that's again a little bit more advanced but hopefully this sparks your interest. A little astrology um, 101 before we get into it. So today Meredith talks about some of the bigger astrological events of 2021 and her, her take on them. She really speaks to the general vibe of the year and how it will play out in the collective. But the cool thing about astrology is that you can decide how this will hit you individually, right? You can decide if you want to be, if you want to do the positive or the negative expression. You know, I've been listening to a lot of other astrologers and mediums and light workers about their take on this year. And I feel like I'm getting kind of the same message. And maybe that's how I'm interpreting it. Um, but I don't think so. I think th- the message is really clear. First, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns. You know, that's not real life. Just because the calendar ticked one number older does not mean that we no longer have, you know, real deep-rooted issues in ourselves, in our country, in our world, but we can decide how we show up and what energy, you know, we hold. We can choose to be a victim or we can choose to rise up. We have free will. And Meredith talks about that, that free will. She also talks about labor pains. (laughs) And yes, We are birthing a new world. We're in that process right now. And with that comes these labor pains. And, you know, mamas out there know what I'm talking about. The end result of labor pains is amazing. It's a baby. It's it's creation. And it's funny because I don't even really remember those labor pains because of the, you know, the goodness that comes at the end. Um, We almost forget those hard moments. 
And that's that's kind of the energy of the year. There are going to be some bumps, but it's working towards a better world. So choose how you want to use this information this year. You know, overall, it does look looks a little lighter than 2020. That's for sure. There were some serious events that happened in 2020. Um, and 2021 is a little bit gentler. Meredith gets into the details, but I wanted to just give you the highlights before we get into her conversation so you can maybe make notes and, and choose kind of where you want to focus. First, we're moving from Capricorn energy into Aquarius energy. Capricorn is, they're just like, they're the doers. They're the worker bees of the world. They, they're accomplished and successful and they get things done but they can be pretty hard on themselves. It's, you know, it's kind of all work, no play in Capricorn world. And that's where we were living a lot of 2020. We were doing the work. Aquarius energy is very different. Aquarius is an air sign. It's an intellectual sign. It is looking at where to innovate in order to make the world a better place where to break the rules so that we can be better as humans. So we're moving again from kind of a major rule follower to a rule breaker. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to look, but I'm feeling good about it. I'm excited. Secondly, there's a Pluto return in the chart of the United States this year. So Pluto makes its way around the sun. It takes a long time. It's like 250 years. And This is about the rebirth. Whenever Pluto makes its way back to its start, its rebirth, its destruction and its rebirth. And that's what we're going through right now. Again, labor pains, major, major labor pains. Third, the big transit this year is Uranus squaring Saturn. And this happens three three times this year, direct um, because of retrogrades. But what this means more than ever is that if you're not in alignment with what your highest good is right now, if you're not on the path that your soul wants, maybe you feel, you know, you're just like kind of have this inkling that it's not right, you're going to feel extra uncomfortable, basically until you make a course correction. So if you, again, you have that inkling, that that just feeling, you're like, oh, you know what, this isn't right. I'm not doing the right thing. Whatever it relates to work, family, moving, whatever. Get ahead of this energy and make the change now. Listen to that intuition. Because if you don't, you may see a bit of a course correction when that Uranus square Saturn comes about. Meredith breaks this down in way more details. So finally, you know, one last little moment in the astrology world before we get to Meredith. Venus and Mars are conjunct around July And it's not a huge event, but it's kind of a, it's going to be a hot summer. And when I say hot, I mean like, fiery and lusty and like good sexual energy. If you are in a partnership or you're not, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good summer. (laughs) Okay. Before we get to Meredith and the details, I wanted to let you all know that if you love this episode and you want to learn more about astrology, you want to hang out with Meredith and me, we are hosting digital yoga and astrology parties starting in mid-February. These parties are three to 10 people. They happen on Zoom and they're just so, they're just really fun. You'll get a customized 30-minute yoga class from me, and then each of you will get a 15-minute reading from Meredith. Um, So you can decide if you want to talk forecasting, you want to look at your birth chart, you can decide what you want with that 15 minutes. And again, this is up to 10 people, totally digital, just kind of a fun like get-together. If you're interested, shoot me a DM on Instagram or send me an email at info at ashleysondergaard.com. More info in the show notes on that as well. If you're not already following along on Instagram, check us out, Yoga Magic at Yoga Magic Podcast. We have some just fun events coming up, yoga classes, astrology, and journaling, and most of our events are $5 or under, so it's just super fun and affordable. I love to connect with like-minded people. We'd love to see you IRL, or I guess on Zoom. (laughs) Okay, let's get to the astrology of it all, 2021, with Meredith McGowan of Earthling Astrology. All right, welcome Meredith, I'm so glad you're here. Did you know that your episode is the most popular episode that the show has ever had? Did I tell you that yet? Your other no, episode? is that like how many people listen or download? How do you tell yeah. that? Yeah, I can see who, how many people have like downloaded each individual episode. And p- partially I send people to that episode all the time because I think it's like a good indication of like, here's what I really am interested in, astrology and like well-being. But anyways, I'm so happy that you're back because people love to hear from you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yay. Thanks for having me. I love being on your show. Sometimes when we talk about the year ahead, it can feel a little bit, I don't know, a little bit unsettling, but that's part of the process. Is that true? Would you say like, do you get nervous when you look ahead? I did in 2019. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if we would have done this a year ago, I'd be like, eh, I would probably would have said no. Um, but no, I'm, I don't feel that way for 2021. But okay, yes, good. a year ago, I absolutely did. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, no, this year I'm feeling positive. <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm. You are usually pretty positive, and I appreciate that about you. And I think I'm more on the like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So today we're going to be talking about the astrology of 2021. But before we get into that and what the big, you know, events are, I wanted to touch on the 1221 shift, the conjunction the age of Aquarius and like how you interpret that. What does that feel like in your mind? So I am convinced, and I know this is a hot debate on metaphysical circles, whether we're in the age of Aquarius officially. And I mm -hmm. believe we are as of December 21st, 2020, when Jupiter and Saturn aligned very closely at zero degrees Aquarius. Do the changing of the ages happen overnight? No, I believe Aquarius has been sneaking in since around Einstein's time. Uh, you know, new scientific theories. I think the invention of the internet is huge, uh, you know, with Aquarius energy. And now that we're officially in the age, according to me, change is gonna happen so fast, it's gonna be a whirlwind. Um, and I think, you know, with the new technologies, the, uh, I mean, you, you've seen like the cell phones, for example, mm -hmm. we have different cell phones from just, and we grew up without those. Remember having one phone in your, your house, house that everybody <laughs> shared. Remember pay phones? Like your kids are going to be like, what, what is that? What is this Superman going into a phone booth? Like, what is that about? <laughs> um, think about how fast technology has changed just in the last 10 years or 20 years of right. our lives it's going to be ridiculous the next decades. And I also believe uh, astrology, tarot, psychic, um, all those kind of intuitive uh, lightworker kind of practices are going to be more accepted. Aquarius actually rules astrology. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's an astrologer in the White House uh, in the next Hopefully. couple of years, you know, <laughs> astrologer on every corner, just like dentists and chiropractors, we'll see. But yes, I do believe it's, it's here. We are leaving 2000 years of the age of Pisces, which Jesus and Buddha and all the religious masters brought in. We've spent 2000 years asleep in the dream of Pisces, looking mm. for a savior that is going to change. The power is going to come back to the individual, uh, you know, taking it, you know, uh, which president can save us all or whoever we're putting that on. It's going to come back to us and each of us can make more change. The change is going to start coming from the inside out. And the age of Aquarius is also nicknamed the age of enlightenment. And I can tell you from my practice, 2020 was rough, but from my perspective, I just imagine, and I actually saw this in my practice, lights lighting up around planet earth. I have seen so much awakening energy in the last year. And I just know that's going to be amplified in 2021. Mm -hmm. It's magic for me. It feels like magic. That being said, I think there's a lot of conversations, especially for those individuals that are like the great conjunction kind of was exciting to talk about a social media was all a buzz. And they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, wow, I'm going to start following astrology. This is so cool that, um, that everything is going to be good now that like, Oh, because these two, these two planets came together, we're in the age of Aquarius. Now we're smooth sailing. And that's not really the truth. No. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, and I, I mean, somebody asked me this week to kind of sum up 2021, and I and I chose the phrase labor pains. Mm -hmm. um, and I have not given birth. You are a mom. So what I have heard from friends, you know, everybody has a different labor story, okay? There's not a single story that is the same. And 10 years from now, when we reflect on 2021, I think we're all going to have like a birthing story, how we birth this new earth, how we birth all these new changes coming from the collective. And the people that are going to have the biggest struggle, in my opinion, are the ones that are hanging on to that Pisces energy. You know, maybe victim mentality, blaming everybody and everything for their problems instead of doing the work themselves to change. 
Uh, and again, that Pisces energy looking for a savior. And we have what, a thousand different religions <laughs> these right. days. And I think the age of Aquarius is going to bring us maybe a thousand different sciences. And even 2020 was a good example of this is my science. Here's science for this. And everyone has like different scientific reasons for doing the things they do. And I'm seeing that now, like there's different science. <laughs> there's right. two sides of science almost. So it's kind of fascinating to see what could come. And we're in that gray area of between, you know, you know, only God can save us for 2000 years. And now we're being told only science can save us. And I'm like, no, it's both. <laughs> how do we, right. how do we combine these two things? Mm -hmm. I'm a little allergic to the G word, but for <laughs> lack of a better thing, only a deity can save us. And now it's only science. So we'll yeah. see how we combine these two very important topics. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so, yep. Okay, cool. I'm glad that we clarified <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, okay. Let's talk about 2021. I, you can definitely speak to the aspects and the things coming. Um, I know that there's a lot of astrology enthusiasts that listen to the show and also a lot of newbies. So give it to us as you see it. And at the same time, um, I'm going to kind of follow up with like, okay, I might just like interject, like what, tell me more if I don't know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And if I get too technical, please ask okay. me to translate a little bit better. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit and start with the energy of 2020. Um, in January, 2020, two tough planets met up in the sign of Capricorn. And that's what I said earlier. I'm like a year ago, I'm like, yeah, astrologers all over the world were like, Ooh, what, what's, what's going to happen with these two guys meeting in Capricorn. We know from history, not comfortable things happen when Saturn and Pluto meet. So I had a big birthday party last January and I threw it. And I think I said this on your last pod. I was like, it was my apocalypse birthday party. <laughs> we had a very Capricorn year in 2020. Capricorn is a little bit doom and gloom and you're a Capricorn moon. So you know this mentality very well. Living in the future, planning for the worst, uh, lots of restrictions, lots of hard work. Uh, that's very Capricorn, very heavy energy. Now with the planets getting the heck out of Capricorn and moving to Aquarius, Aquarius being an air sign, it will be a breath of fresh air um, to an extent. Aquarius also breaks the rules that Capricorn makes, not in a malicious way, not in a negative way, but Aquarius is the water bearer, uh, focused on the collective. And Aquarius asks the questions and says, "Is are these restrictions for the highest good of everybody? You know, not just one uh, set of people." And I've seen this already. So a lot of restaurants in Minnesota, for example, they're still closed down for the next couple of days. So many defied the governor's order. Oh my God, I know. I no, they're getting, yeah, their license, liquor licenses revoked uh, and the restaurants and the bars pushed back. That kind of stuff is going to happen. It's going to get louder. There's going to be more pushback. And I mean, I have questions too. We're, we're in Minnesota. We've had two, two and a half hospitals closed this year. And oh, oh I have, gosh. I'm like, what, who's in charge? I did, I, I missed the protest on that. Uh, was there a donation link that we can donate? We're in a pandemic. Why are we closing hospitals? And that is uh, the Aquarius energy asking the questions, what's going on? How can the people make this better? Because I am not on board with some of these elected officials making these decisions. And I don't know if you feel similarly, but the healthcare workers are burnt out and now there's less beds and hospitals uh, and less people to help with, uh, I think the biggest kind of ticket item on the collective mind right now is still the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Asking the questions you and I talked about this on our friend Gina's podcast. It's just like, mm -hmm. that's very much the Aquarius energy is to ask the questions. And, and I wouldn't even like the, the closing of the restaurants and stuff. Like we all have sort of our opinions on that, but at the end of the day, just as an individual reflecting on like, what is truth? What is not this, the internet, man, Yowzer. <laughs> it's just like, you can hear so much and not, and, and truly take all of it for fact. Oh, you brought up another point I wanted to talk about. So the lunar nodes, which I'm obsessed with, which you know, mm -hmm. in astrology are kind of the karmic hotspots in the chart. And currently for the rest of 2021, they will be traveling through the signs of Gemini and Sagittarius. Mm. Well, I've been saying this a while. Um, Gemini is the sign that gathers information, wants all the facts. Gemini says, why, 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 why? Give me all of the information. And all of us have just a shit ton of information being pumped at us constantly. Sagittarius says, what's the truth? Yeah. <laughs> what is the wisdom? Let me like, I want to gobble up all this information. And you know, that archer is going to find the path and find the truth in all of it. So all I have to say in 2021, explosive truths will be coming 
to the surface. I have no idea what the truth is anymore. I don't want to pretend that I do. That's when it gets a little bit unhealthy in my brain to think I know everything, which is a Sagittarius thing. I'm a Sagittarius moon. But yes, the truth is going to come out. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, you know, I, I hope it's aliens. I don't know. But like, Same, it's going to really. be... <laughs> It might be uncomfortable, whatever that truth looks like, but the information and truth is still going to be hot and heavy in uh, 2021. But by the end of the year, we should have a better understanding of what the truth is before the, the nodes move into the neighboring signs. So the south node is Gemini and the north <laughs> node, is that how that works? Is um, uh, No, sorry. Currently, the south node is in Sagittarius and the north node is in Gemini. Okay. Okay. And also new information could surface. That's kind of like how I see it too. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, one more comment on truth. And this has kind of uh, been loud in 2020. Everyone is convinced that their truth is correct. Um, They know the truth, whether it's Democrat, Republican, you know, Packers, Bear, what I I don't care. Um, (laughs) You know, and they're forcing their truth on other people. I believe this is the right way to do things. And I'm going to ridicule you if you make another decision. The age of Aquarius, Aquarius energy is not going to be able to not going to stand that, you know, forcing your will on other people, Aquarius is going to push back. And I like the glyph for Aquarius. It's like that zigzaggy equal sign. And I've actually had conversations with friends that start making this waving thing with their hand. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm seeing that visually. People are actually making this, uh, you can't see us right now, but (laughs) sign with their hand. And I'm like, oh, I hope even if we have different truths, you know, whether it's a uh, political party or religious belief or scientific belief that we can still love everybody else that has a different mentality or different truth for themselves and stop kind of ridiculing or calling people idiots for thinking something other than what you think. So that's another thing I wanted to kind of talk about with the truth. Mm -hmm. Cancel culture is so real. And I've been, it's been hard for me to hold back and, and, you know, delete, not delete people that I disagree with, but I think it's like, okay, what is like, I'm trying to see their point of view. I'm trying to understand more. And that's rather than just pushing them out of my worldview, because it's important to see all sides. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I, let me, can can I clarify, what is cancel culture? I thought that was like canceling things for COVID, but is it canceling friendships? Is that what it means? So it says essentially, if you don't agree with somebody else, it's kind of like attacking them down. And I, I, I've seen cancel culture show up in a lot of ways and like people that are trying to speak out against racism and perhaps they say it in the wrong way because they don't know what they're, they, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't always know what I'm talking about and I'm, I'm trying to do the best good, but I say something incorrectly and then you, you get attacked and, and people saying, no, that's wrong. You're saying it wrong. And like unfollow, this is terrible. The kind of a, attacking somebody else for, really without giving them the chance to rebuttal. Um, it's just disagreeing and like, and, and completely canceling the people that you don't agree with. So yeah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. So I've seen that all over Facebook. I'm defriending you because you voted for this person and you're immediately stamping someone as a horrible person or that, you know, they don't have the same beliefs as you. And I don't, I haven't jumped on that bandwagon. I have, I love seeing both sides of things, hearing people's opinions, because I'm in the belief that we all want a better world, at least maybe 99% of us. It's Mm -hmm. just, we have different ideas how to make the world better. And why are we shitting on people that have different ideas on how to make the world better? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, yeah, it's been kind of sad and heartbreaking. I've detached from a lot of it, but okay. Cancel culture is not canceling events. It's actually canceling people. Well, I think it is canceling (laughs) events too. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, it's a, I think it's a really complex thing too. And, and I'm pretty outspokenly, you know, anti-Trump in, on this show. And it's definitely not where I live, but I don't know. Like I'm trying to be better about instead of just completely writing people off is just like asking more questions, I guess. So I'm in agreement with the, we're moving out of Capricorn into the age of Aquarius. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I had my issues with the now current president for a couple more days. Uh, and I had to do a lot of soul searching and I'm in the belief that if you really dislike someone or their behavior, or they're just like, wow, I had to go be like, oh, I had to find the Trump in myself. 
Um, oh and gosh, that sounds yeah. kind of weird, but I'm like, mm -hmm. people are just, that's what it is. It's projection. Uh, it's this character on a stage that everyone's projecting their own kind of crap on. And he is a great person to do that for. But um, I, I do have friends that support Trump and on all of the spectrum. And I, you know, sit down. I love my friends. Like, tell me why. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think he wants to do. And I will admit that he was an awakener. <laughs> mm. uh, maybe that's his role yeah. is to awaken people for the crap in themselves they had to deal with or change some of the crap going on behind the scenes in the country. I don't know. Again, you know, I'm allergic to politics, but, um, <laughs> but if you are still kind of struggling with that, it's yeah, that's almost over. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Pluto return for the United States, yes, because please. I think Trump actually started all of this. Um, so Pluto, the planet in astrology, symbolizes complete rebirth, complete transformation. If you go through a Pluto transit in your chart uh, and know that Pluto takes 248 years to go around the sun. So he takes 248 years to go around your chart. You're not, you aren't guaranteed a Pluto transit in your lifetime, but it's usually associated with a dark night of the soul, um, killing off behaviors or things in yourself that no longer serve you. It's not usually a comfortable transit. Um, and the United States, if I do the math, I think is going to turn 245 years old this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, if you take 1776, I think that's correct. So we are just beginning as a country, a rebirth, complete rebirth. We are, we're going to be destroying systems that no longer serve the collective. You know, Aquarius energy is coming in here too. We're going to be uh, giving birth kind of to a new country completely new country. And it's going to take about five or six years to do that. Do I know what that looks like exactly? I do not. I have no idea. I just know that the next five or six years are going to be pivotal in the United States history. And I think Trump was kind of the catalyst to bring this Pluto, Plutonian energy into the country or, or to the country. Is it, is, is it exploring shadow? I mean, is that? Oh, yes. Pluto yeah. is the shadow. And I mean, this year, I had a tent city pop up blocks from my house. Mm -hmm. And you know, homelessness has been kind of in the shadows for me. I didn't know it was such a big problem. And I think it became bigger this year. You know, the opiate crisis, that's huge. That That's not talked about enough, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And there's the stigma of even psychedelics. There's a lot of shadows. And a shadow work is different for each individual, but as a country, we have a lot of work to do. Even mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter, all mm -hmm. of this shadowy stuff that people have been, you know, shutting in the closet, not wanting to deal with or do anything about, uh, you're not going to be able to ignore it anymore. It's going to be, uh, it will affect each person in the country in a different way. And it's not, it won't necessarily be a dark night of the soul for all of us, but it will be for the country. And it kind of, you've already seen that this year. It has been a 2020 was kind of a dark night of the soul for the world and the, and our country as well, probably more so than other countries. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think so. It's been, I mean, obviously just based on numbers wise, someone else, I want, can we just talk a second about Pluto energy and like what sort of a transit someone might have individually with Pluto? Do they have, does it, does it transit other um, planets within our charter? Like what would that look like on an individual level? Well, I am a good individual to speak to it because I'm at the tail end of my Pluto transit. So Pluto is currently in the sign of Capricorn and has been on top of my Capricorn sun in my chart for a couple of years. So an example of the rebirth and transformation that I went through, I was a patent paralegal for 17 years. I was engaged to a wonderful man, white picket fence house, all of that kind of stuff. Pluto started coming for me and I called off my engagement and everyone was shocked, <laughs> like, what? We don't get it. I ended up eventually changing careers from patent paralegal to astrologer. <laughs> that is an example of a Pluto, like WTF. Uh, that is a complete rebirth for, for me. I am not the same person I was five or six years ago, and I'm just at the end of my Pluto transit. And I can tell you, um, the, the I've had to deal with my own shadows, you know, kind of reflect back and like, I thought I was hot shit. I was, you know, making six figures. I thought I had all the answers. And I'm like, I, I was kind of mean. <laughs> like I was kind of mean to people. I oh like actually sent out a few apologies after Pluto got done with me and just kind of reflected on my own behavior and faced my mm. own shadows. And that wasn't super fun, but I'm so glad I did it. 
I'm so glad I feel lighter. Um, I actually was really anxious a couple days ago and I think it was just kind of a collective thing. Me too. And okay. And I used to be that anxious all the time, Mm, every single second of the day working, you know, commuting to work, taking care of business. And now I have like no tolerance for anxiety. (laughs) So the one thing, the great, amazing thing that Pluto brought me was uh, dealing with the shadow of my anxiety. Mm. And I actually did something about it. I did the self-care. I did the work, the yoga, the meditation, and looked at the deep, dark, icky things inside of myself. And I have to only say thank you to Pluto now. Um, but it was a very intense uh, couple years in my life. Lots of fears I had to face. I mean, I used to be a hypochondriac. So I had a little bit of relapse with that last year. I was like, I remember when the world shut down, my husband and I were going on hikes just to get out of the house. And I was literally afraid to touch rocks. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, what if somebody with a virus touched this rock? Like <laughs> that kind of stuff. And now I'm like, oh, I can touch a rock. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no does problem. Pluto rule Scorpio? It does. The sign okay. of transformation. I'm yes. just thinking like, this sounds so like Scorpio energy that, Okay. Interesting. Do I have yes. Pluto transit at all? Can you peek? <laughs> um, yeah, let me pull up your chart. So um, just know, I guess that's a good thing you brought that up. So the United States will be going through like a Scorpio transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stinger, the scorpion is the lowest vibration of Scorpio, you know, that revenge that, you know, being mean to people. But the eagle is another sign for Scorpio. So hopefully as a country, we can learn to soar above and, you know, look from a different perspective at our garbage that we need to clean up. I love the Scorpio idea. I just, the more I've dug into Scorpio energy, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> so interesting. All right. Let me go back in time in your chart, Ashley, because okay. Pluto was on you um, years ago, 2009 to 2010. Oh so what was your rebirth back then? If you're comfortable talking about I'm it. I'm like cause... thinking through it. Cause remember I, my last reading with you, we were talking about just some interesting things that came about in my life around like 2005, but 2009, I would have just graduated from college. And I just, I truly just went out on my own. I started to become an individual, which was so exciting for me, but also like talk about rebirth, like peace out everybody. I'm leaving. Yeah. So yeah, 2009, 2010 was your Pluto transit. It transited your moon. Um, where I had the sun, more the identity transformation, and you had more of an emotional transformation back yeah. then. Ooh, I love this. Cool. Thank you for <laughs> indulging in the Pluto conversation. Okay. So what else, what else as far as like, there's obviously not another great conjunction happening this year. <laughs> no, I will tell you the biggest, uh, item of the year. And it's, uh, this is where it gets a little technical. So if you need me to explain what this means, a little bit more, let me know. So the, the biggest energy of the year for the collective for 2021 is going, it's called a Saturn square Uranus transit and a square in astrology. It's a 90 degree aspect and it indicates tension, but the tension is designed for growth. And how I think about squares are like, you just, it's something in your life that stresses you out. You know, you have to do it and it's going to annoy the crap out of you until you, you do it. It's like, you cannot, Uh, resist the square. It's just going to drive you crazy until you do this thing or do this change. And Saturn is symbolic of structures, kind of uh, more patriarchy energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be Saturn, kind of old man winter. And Uranus (laughs) is the awakener, is the game changer, is the electric shock kind of value. And we're going to have three exact hits of this square this year due to retrograde and stuff. Uh, The first exact hit is February 17th. The next one is June 14th. And the last one is December 24th. And the fixed signs are going to be feeling this the most. So the fixed things in our lives, the fixed structures that don't want to change, the fixed people don't like change. So Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, and Aquarius are going to be feeling these squares the most. And what Mm -hmm. I find fascinating, uh, remind me, did you grow up Christian or Catholic? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I grew up Catholic and I was the annoying kid that was like, mom and dad, uh, on the sacristy, I think it's called, in front of the church, I always saw a lion, an ox, an eagle, and an angel. There was like these four symbols that are all over the Catholic churches. Uh, And the ox represents the Taurus. Uh, The lion represents Leo. 
The eagle represents Scorpio and the angel represents Aquarius. So I find it very interesting that these four signs, these four symbols in Christian mythology are getting whacked this year by these two planets. Oh my gosh. So this could be like biblical. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I think uh, these symbols, I'm going to dive into them a little bit more in Christian myth mythology. And I'm also at, picked up a Bible for the first time in 30 years. I've mm been -hmm. <laughs> looking at that with a different set of eyeballs because there's a lot of astrologers that look at the Bible from a Zodiac perspective. And it's really, really fascinating. I recently discovered, and actually we'll have a future guest on this, uh, the, um, the placement of Lilith in the chart. Do you do any work with Lilith? I do. She is the dark feminine. Um, I don't have too much intel on her for 2021, but I describe her as she didn't make it into the Bible, but she was right. in the Garden of Eden before Eve. And Adam was like, I'm in charge. Gotta listen to me. Uh, men rule the world. And Lilith was like, fuck nope. that. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> she exiled herself from the Garden of Eden and she is pissed. Mm -hmm. She is rageful. So how Lilith plays out for me in my practice is where in your life did somebody give you an ultimatum and wasn't going to budge? They drew a line in the sand and you had to exile yourself from a, a person or a situation and it's like you weren't given a choice and you were, you're pissed about it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I see Lilith play out. And sometimes the person is the one that did that. You know, it could be, you could be on either side of it. But yeah, Lilith uh, is more just of the shadow work that each of us have to do. Right, right. Okay, that's a little bit Good of a question. Answer. So, so Saturn square Uranus, is that what you said? Yeah. So okay. yeah, back to that um, Saturn structures, Uranus kind of uh, is going to start jackhammering some of these wide open. So, okay. If during this square, during these, since it is, it does go retrograde and we hit it three times and these fixed signs, like what do you, how do you think we might feel it individually? And I, and I would love to, I'm just like try to think of some ways to provide some self-care insight to people as these, these squares come about. The Saturn's going to be in Aquarius, Uranus and Taurus all year. And individually, the best example I could probably give is similar to what happened to me when I was in my corporate job, I was good at it. You know, that's what I thought we were all supposed to do, work 40 hours a week, white picket fence, get a 401k. And I kept logging into my retirement account like three, three times a week. And I think my retirement date was like 2054 or something. <laughs> So and it was out. like so depressing. <laughs> That's probably when Pluto started to come for me and I got really depressed. Um, I was like, oh, I was like, I can do this for 30 more years. Sure. Then I can have fun. It was like that kind of mentality. So I think, and I've seen this in my practice, more and more people getting checked out of the program. And my program was you go to high school, you go to college, you get a good job, uh, you get that 401k and then you retire. That was the program that was fed to me since birth and a lot of us, I don't know. Did you have the similar program? Um, oh yeah. 100%. I have a lot of clients who are like, Oh, my parents were hippies. I'm like lucky, you know, like they're like, do whatever you want. You know, John Lennon, like be happy when you grow up. Don't, you know, chase, chase the dream, not the money. I was told to chase the money. <laughs> it's funny that you say that though. Cause I think my parents are always like, you do what, what works for you. Like my dad's a chiropractor. He really understands. I mean, he's, he's open-minded. Yes. We were really religious, but like, he's very, open. they both are super open-minded, it was, I put the restraint on myself. I mean, moon, I Capricorn moon. Yeah, I you did. Know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's the plan? What's like, what, how do we get success in this country? Yeah. You know, that's Capricorn. Yep. So you think it will feel, so it'll, it'll feel like a breaking free of that. Or like we start to examine what it's it like is. on an individual um, basis. The universe is going to make you more and more uncomfortable uh, or you're, you're going to make yourself more and more uncomfortable until you make a change. You're not going to be able to hang on to whatever you've been hanging on and making excuses like, oh, I sh like shooting yourself. I should do this. I should do that. No, follow your heart, follow your motivation, follow the breadcrumbs to whatever your thing is. If you haven't found it yet, uh, Uranus, the awakener will be shaking people awake. Um, and I'll give a stupid example and tell me if I already gave you this one. I had a client who is a Taurus and Taurus is that stubborn bull, doesn't like to hold on or throw things away. Uh, a lot of Taurus people still have their baby blankets, that kind of stuff. And this <laughs> client had like moldy old boxes in their garage. Uh, and they're like, I just can't 
part. I just can't part with this stuff, even though it's like so old and smelly and gross. And I said, you got to get rid of it because guess what? The universe is going to throw a tree on your garage or burn it to the ground. Like that's an example of the universe, like throwing something at you, forcing you to make a change you're uncomfortable with. Okay. Um, so I thought that's a, a very mild example of what could go down. I like, I like that. I think, and maybe the idea, like the self-care of it all is to get ahead of it is to do now is to do that self-study work to unearth where you feel uncomfortable, where you want to grow as an individual, where there are restraints that perhaps you've put in place or other people have put in place that are simply no longer serving you. Um, and I'm thinking of just like practices right now. I, I really love to do things like, um, morning pages, like from the artist's way where you just write stream of consciousness writing Mm -hmm. and unearth some of these, these subconscious thoughts and and in the shadow work of it all, you know, pulling these things out from the parts of us that we don't want to necessarily see to give us more insight, more answers and course correct as we need so that someone else doesn't do it for us. Right. (laughs) Right. So, you know, you will be shown maybe subtly at first where you're uncomfortable. And my example was I started logging in, looking at my retirement date. That was my first example that I was uncomfortable with my daily life, my daily routine. Something was calling me to make a change and that got louder and louder and louder, so loud. And actually the universe forced me out of my corporate gig. I had no intention of leaving it as a Capricorn ever, uh, just be an astrologer and the universe kind of forced me out. So now I'm thankful for that. It was amazing. And that's just another example of how things could come up uh, forcing you to change if you don't take the reins and do it yourself. Right. You did. We we can't talk about Venus and Mars. You brought this up to me before the episode. I was just looking for something fun. <laughs> I was like, this looks like it could be fun. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I want to hear from you what you've heard about it, if anything, or your questions about it. Because I, I don't really, have too I much. Haven't. I just love, I, I love a Leo moment. I love a loud moment. Right. <laughs> That's where I was curious about this. Okay. So this summer is going to be really, really hot for the fire signs, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. We got the planets Venus and Mars meeting up and Venus is the goddess of love and Mars is more about like lust. So if you need more of that passion in your relationship, I mean, we're all kind of going through with emotions living together. If you're in a relationship, like you're together, like all the time now. Uh, I like that. That works for me, but it hasn't worked for every couple. I know that. So if you need <laughs> right. to add some spice, you need to add some romance. Uh, this summer is going to be amazing for that. If you are single, I just want to say when Venus and Mars meet up, you might be prone to confusing love for lust. So just be aware of that. And we've all, I think, kind of had that moment, (laughs) that butterfly moment, like, is this love? Is this lust? What's what's happening here? So give it some time if you're single and you start to date someone. Uh, Don't jump in. I mean, jump in, but give it some time to decide how you're going to label that relationship. What else? Anything else? Any other major things before we move on? Uh, For 2021? No, I just want to repeat. Going back to the labor pain kind of phrase that I picked, I believe you have some control over your own kind of labor this year. And I think there's going to be some turbulence. There already has been (laughs) Um, in 2021. It's going to be a little rocky until we smooth out. And I do expect the energy to kind of smooth out by this summer. Um, But I just want to say, do the work, do the shadow work. Um, Stop blaming whoever you're blaming. Um, Stop being the victim, that kind of stuff. That's old Pisces energy that doesn't apply anymore. So embrace your weirdness, your uniqueness, your special talents. Don't be afraid of speaking your truth, especially if it's not a malicious thing. Um, We're going to be a little bit more detached on an emotional perspective too once this energy moves in. Pisces is very sensitive, a water sign. Uh, Aquarius air. So um, Aquarius is famously, if you have a lot of Aquarius in your chart, you're the one not crying at funerals. Um, you know, Aquarius kind of detaches. They're the water bearer. They, you said this on Gina's pod, like kind of carry uh, the um, emotions for other people. So we will be able to zoom out and detach from our own emotions and other people's emotions and be that eagle and kind of fly and soar above and see it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I am excited. This does feel good. It feels so necessary. And, and yes. if we were in this, like, you know, doing the work, you've said this before, doing the work of Capricorn all 2020, there is some 
reward that comes out of doing that. Oh yes. Work. Capricorn and Saturn always rewards you for your hard work. Jupiter is the planet that's like, here's the party. Here's like the gold ring. Jupiter's like throwing you stuff just without doing the work. But Saturn's like, you got to work hard. And then the reward will actually be greater than what Jupiter gave you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the um, hypocrisy, but you got to do the work and the reward will be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're more in control of it too. So I, you can answer this however you best see fit. I like to look ahead at the year or even for like, I'll do a reading with you and we'll do six months out. It's a major transit. And I like that you give sort of a generalized time, but sometimes other astrologers will give like exact dates, right? Exact transits of like, this is happening on this day, put it into my calendar. And I notice that sometimes it gives me like anxiety almost in a way when I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is I happening. Know. I better yeah. like be super careful. I were like, I almost get paralyzed in a way. Is there a better way to think about astrology of the future? I mean, I, we, I don't, you don't predict my future and I appreciate that. You're not like, it's not predictive. It's just like, here's what's happening and here's my, how it might show up for you. What's- yeah. I predict the themes because I want to help you create your future. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, you know, astrology is fantastic for kind of giving you the theme of what's coming up for you. I believe it is free will, free choice on whether we decide to um, harness the negative or the positive vibration of these themes coming up on your birth chart. And I actually just had an epiphany because like you, I got Capricorn energy. I live in the future a lot. And when I first started studying astrology, I was like, I I looked ahead and I was like doom and gloom, everything. I was like, everything's going to suck. Like I, you know, I had to step back a little bit. And now that Pluto's pretty much done with me, I do look ahead. And when I start to get doom and gloom, I say, the universe has a plan for me. And I'm going to trust that because I have some big stuff coming up in my chart. And I had a little residual Capricorn (laughs) kind of barking in my ear. And I'm like, no, it's going to be awesome. I can handle anything. And I know the universe wants to conspire to make my life amazing and only bring me positive, good things and to find peace on earth. So that's what I keep telling myself, like these transits that are coming up, even Pluto, my astrologer friends were like checking in on me. They're like, how's Pluto? How's Pluto? How's Pluto? I'm like, you know what? It's all right. Like, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling positive. And it was just kind of funny that astrologers like, how's Pluto? Tell me how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just up to you to harness the positive and stay uh, present. Uh, And even if you look ahead and you start to get nervous, come back to the now and be like, right now I'm fine. Right now I'm breathing. Right now the sun is shining. Like come back to the moment if you get too in your head about what's coming. Does that help? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. I don't really use astrology to plan ahead. Um, besides I know when I'm going to get busy. <laughs> now I know when yeah. I'm going to get busy. Um, so I kind of hunker down and, and schedule a little bit extra time off. Yeah. It we get to choose, right? We get to choose who we believe. We get to choose how we spend our time. We get to choose who we spend our time with. I just, yeah. And I, I don't know that I'd really thought about that a whole lot up until the last year or year and a half. I mean, really since we've been in COVID world of just this like, okay, now I have this, like, I'm not in a robotic sort of movement. Like I have actual space and time to assess and, and figure out what is best, what is best for all of us? What's best for me? What's best for my family. And, and, and really, I mean, astrology has been one of the major helpers in that of like making the right decisions about what, and asking the right questions for, for me, not just about, you know, what I think I'm supposed to do. Right. And I want to say also that the chart backs up your intuition a hundred percent of the time. It's kind of like this tangible thing when you can't quite know if it's like coming from an intuitive place or a thinking headspace, uh, the chart will back up your intuition. That's what I hear a lot in my forecasting sessions. Uh, people will walk out and be like, oh, you just told me everything I was feeling. It was like validation of their feelings. So that is always kind of nice to hear. Yeah. I always, I tell people, I like to think of astrology as a mirror. Like, you know, you know what you look like, but sometimes you forget. (laughs) And then you look at yourself and you're like, oh yeah, there we are. That's what I'm saying too. It's just people curious. They want to know who they are. They want to, they want their birth chart read. What would you say for someone that is brand new to astrology, but they're super curious? Where would you have them start? 
You know, it's on an individual thing. So I am a book nerd. I started with books. Some people are more visual and there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube and also not good stuff. So pick what resonates and discard the rest, whether it's a book, it's a blog or a YouTube video. Um, and I learned best with a teacher, like one-on-one -on -one mentorship. That is how I learned. That is actually specific to my chart. You might learn best on your own. My husband is a, a taught himself. You know, like I have trouble. I have trouble with that. I need always a teacher to kind of hands-on learn things. I am not someone that is good at teaching myself things, but other people are. So um, find a teacher, I would say, whether it's online in a group setting or one-on-one -on -one if you really want to dive in. Otherwise, um, if you're good at self-teaching yourself things, do that and books, blogs, um, even the ancient books are great uh, to kind of dive in further. And there's a million apps on your phone now too. Like every day there's a new app. Uh, you can download to pull your chart for free, astro.com. You can pull free charts. Um, yeah, start with the phone too, just to kind of get a sense of what your chart looks like. I think getting to know yourself through your chart is, has been for me one of the most um, impactful uses of time in learning astrology is just really, really diving into my own chart. And now I'm starting to look at my families deeper and understand them through the lens of the chart. And I, I guess that is sort of more like self-learning. Um, but I might be knocking on your door here soon, Meredith. Like, can you teach me all the things? <laughs> no, I, I love astrology for peeling back the programming. That's what I kind of call our family, religious, cultural programming. You, you're from the day you're born taught how you should behave, what you should do, what you should think, you know, and that's coming from everyone in our lives. And that's changing now. Parents are changing. They're, they're kind of, I'm seeing that at least. And astrology will peel all that back. And it helped me understand myself. It helped me understand my parents. And astrology actually helped me have compassion for people that I can't understand. It actually helped me with the current president. True. Looking at his chart, I'm like, oh, just kind of zooming out and seeing kind of the bigger picture. It really mm -hmm. helped me come from more of a compassionate place for every single person on earth, even the people that drive you up the wall crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Meredith, you're so, so insightful. Thank you for being on the show again. You're, I think you're the only, Gina, Gina's the only other guest that's been on here twice. So you guys oh, nice. are, you're my people. Yeah. And if you want to get a reading with Meredith, I will link up all of her information in the show notes. She's getting busy, everybody. So get on I there. <laughs> Jupiter, uh, Jupiter was on me in 2020. Jupiter's also on me in 2021. So I am blowing up, which I'm extremely grateful for. I have, you know, purged my fear of making a living doing this. Finally, you know, it took about three years to, to get there. But yeah, I'm busy and I'm grateful. And if uh, you want to book with me, everything is online on my website. And uh, I'm doing Zoom and also in person in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for your wise words, Meredith. Again, if you want to hang out with Meredith and me for a yoga and astrology party, check out the info in the show notes. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week.